Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Michael Sanchez darkened the door of our church that I was serving in out in West Texas. This has been somewhere around 1995 or 96. My dad was pastoring a church out there, and Michael was a rough, rough-looking character. He was brought by a girl uh, named Karina in our church, and, uh, which wasn't really all that uncommon for Karina to bring a new boy to church. She did that pretty regularly. I said, well, at least she's bringing him to church. <laughs> and but Michael came that day and uh, had the whole get up as a you know, gangbanger and, and uh, very distant from everyone. And when I went to introduce myself to him, it was simply I got a nod and that was all I was going to get from Michael. Oh, that's fine. Told him I was glad he was there. And so he came on in the service and and as he sat there in the pew listening to my dad preach, and, you know, he had the whole attitude even in the way he sat in the seat, showed, just to make sure that everybody knew he was not interested in what was going on there. It was too cool for school. But as the message progressed, some, I saw his body language change. And he went from slouching in his seat to sitting on the edge of his seat. To the moment where my dad gave an invitation for anyone who would want to receive Christ. And Michael answered that invitation. And that Sunday morning gave his life to Jesus. It was a marvelous thing. It was awesome to watch the progression. So I was really excited about it. And and back then we used to have Sunday night service too. And so I approached him after the service and just talked to him a little bit about, you know, what happened to him and how what a great thing it was that he came to know Christ and and now he's part of a, a big family. And, and uh, I said, you should come tonight, Michael. You should come tonight. He said, I can't. I can't come tonight. He said, I don't have a vehicle. You know, the, the Lord sometimes hits you right where you live. And uh, it's not always comfortable when he does. Anybody find that to be true? It's not, it's not always your favorite thing to hear. And he said, just like as soon as he said in a car, he said, give him your car, Eric. Give him? Why can't I just give him a ride? I mean, God, that you've skipped, skipped a few steps here. Some other options. Give him your car. Well, this car had actually been given to Heather and I a few years earlier. As our family was growing, we came in need of a second vehicle, and a man in our church just out of the blue gave it to us. Now, I'm not saying it was the most glorious vehicle, a little gold Ford Escort, but it got me going where I needed to go. And this was the car that I was driving, and I would gotten used to it. I really enjoyed the little thing until this day when God said, give him your car. I said, you got to be kidding me. But all this is split second as I'm reaching into my pocket with my keys. I said, well, now you have one. And he's like, what? I said, no, it's yours, man. Let's go out here, and I've got the title, and I'll just sign it over to you. It's yours. But come to church tonight. He said, well, yeah, I don't have a choice now. I'll be here. <laughs> so I signed the title over to him. He left, and I said, well, Lord, thank you for that. And sure enough, that evening service came around, and Michael came. And I was so glad to see him. And in that church, it was a long brick church. It was formerly a Church of Christ church. And and it was long. I bet it was 100 feet from from the back of the stage to the front doors. And all these rows of pews. And Michael came and sat about two-thirds of the way back, right in the middle. 
center pew. Another side of the story was that there was a man that was supposed to be speaking there tonight. We were having a guest speaker. I can't remember that guy's name. Remember? Doesn't matter. We'll call him Billy Bob just for fun. So dad had been on the phone with this man because his pastor, Jim Hester, said, you need to call this man. He, he just needs somebody to pastor him. He's having some issues in his ministry. I don't even know where the guy's from. So dad calls the guy. And as he's talking to him, and the guy really is having some issues, so dad just spent some time offering some advice and praying for him. And just before dad hung up the phone, the Lord told dad, you need to have this man come preach at your church. And dad said, I don't want to do that. I don't even know the guy for one thing. I mean, who knows what he's going to say? But, you know, when the Lord speaks, you got to do what he said. And so dad invited him to come. Well, this happened to be that Sunday. And that man was in the service that morning where Michael had come to know Christ. And he heard my dad preach. And so that afternoon, he and my dad are heading to lunch. And this man's sitting over in the passenger seat, wringing his hands. And dad said, what's going on, Billy Bob? That's not really Billy Bob, but what's going on? And he says, I don't, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm here. I, I don't know why God, I don't know why you invited me. I don't know why I'm here. And dad said, well, here's why you're here. You're going to preach tonight. All right. So you need to just understand that and get ready. Because uh, I don't like this. <laughs> so the guy's like, okay, okay. So he gets there. Well, sure enough, okay, so now we're at that evening service. And so after the music, Dad stands up and introduces Billy Bob to come up and preach. So Billy Bob comes up to preach. You remember this, honey? And Billy Bob, we all learn pretty quick, can't preach. <laughs> and no matter how hard he tries... It gets worse and worse as the time goes by. And it's like he's him hauling around. He's just kind of looking and he'd walk around. And I, I mean, there was at 45 minutes, right, of this guy trying to figure out all of a sudden what he wants to preach. That's not the time to figure it out, right? So he, it's just so random. And I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, my God, why did I invite Michael to come to this? this point, I mean, now he's getting his experience for, in churches. This is his Mm, he'll never come back. And about that time, as this man walks off the stage, he does this. You! And he points right at Michael Sanchez. Stand up! Just like that. And Michael's like, yeah, you! With the hat on backwards. Stand up! So Michael stands up, and this guy starts prophesying to him. And he starts declaring what God has done, what he's brought him out of, all this darkness that he was in. But now he starts speaking a future and a hope into this young man. He says, I want you to make your way out of that pew. Come down to the aisle. It was just like this. So Michael makes his way out, and, and this Billy Bob walks back there and lays his hands on him, and he just, bam, hits the floor, praying in, praying in tongues. Right? And then everybody's like, what the heck just happened? And then he picks out another guy. Same kind of thing. Bam, he is a big old boy in our church. Hits the floor, and then he goes around just prophesying to individuals. And without even knowing really any of our staff, he handpicked staff, every staff member of our church and gave them a word, and they're sitting all throughout the room. I mean, it was like miraculous. And by the end of that service, I mean, it was just a buzz. It was amazing. So then, you know, my dad told him, next time you come, just start with that. <laughs> We know where your gift is, all right? You just prophesy. Just, as soon as you get there, just start prophesying. He did. He stepped right into that gift. I mean, it was awesome. And then, like, Michael was hooked. He was coming all the time. 
of his own accord. This guy experienced the power of God in his life, salvation, gift of the Spirit. It was awesome to see that. And, and, and so he, he continued to come. And then over some time, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe a year or so, uh, Heather's brother, Philip, back then he was making bukus and money. He was living up in Ohio. And he uh, called us and said, I want to do something for you guys. I want to help you get a car. So here's, here's the thing. I want to do a lease for you, and I'll take care of it. Just what do you want? So we told them what we wanted, and they shipped this vehicle out to San Angelo from Ohio. I mean, oh, it was so cool because we were like peeling like plastic off of it, and every, it was brand new. It was the coolest thing. It was the coolest minivan I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, this thing had all the bells and whistles, right? I mean, the, the seats heated up. I was like, the seats heat up. Are you kidding me? I mean, everything. It was just awesome. So, and every month, for, for three years, I got a check in the mail for $535 and made that car payment. And I remember one day I was driving around town and just overcome with the goodness of God and thinking, God, why would you do this? Why would you do something like this? And I just heard him say, Michael Sanchez. I said, well, I got a, the better end of the deal on that. Trade a gold escort for this? Heck Yeah. You know, I learned something about being in partnership with God that day. That you can all, I think, identify with that He is the God of more than enough. Yeah. Yeah. And He can do and He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. He is that good. And here's the thing about God. Not only is He able, but He's willing. He really is on your side. And there is nothing, there is nothing in your life worth holding on to that would keep you from experiencing what God wants you to have. Because it is great. It is wonderful. Just understand. Don't let anything get in the way. No thing, no money. Just don't let any of that get in your way with your relationship with God. Because that, it's nothing to Him to bless you. It is nothing for Him to do that. And the scripture says that he shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Understand it. I want, to, I want to take you to one scripture right quick and then I'll close out today. It's Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. This is kind of, I mean, Romans chapter 8 is a marvelous chapter. In, in, I mean, Romans itself is amazing, but Romans 8 is like the apex. And it's this revelation compounding upon revelation. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You know, that's always good to know that, that we don't always know what to pray, but the Spirit's there to help us in that. And so he's making intercession for us. Now look at this, verse 27. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Did you see that? That the Spirit prays for us according to the will of God. Oh, that seems a little bit redundant, doesn't it? I mean, if, you, if the Spirit's praying for you, don't you think it's going to be according to the will of God? He is God. Right. Yeah. But why is it important for, it to, for him to tell us that? 
There's a reason why he says that. Is because we know that when you pray, and you pray according to his will, you get what you ask for. So you can know that everything that the Holy Spirit says for you and praying for you is according to the will of God. So you can know that you get what's asked for. And this is why verse 28 becomes so real to us. It's predicated upon this right here. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. How do we know that everything's going to work out? Because the Spirit makes intercession for you. That's why. And you know what? It also tells us what he's praying for you. He's speaking good things. He's declaring good things. He's praying good things. That way you can know it's going to turn out for good to those who love God. Now let's go to the next verse. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's so good. No longer is Jesus the only begotten son of God. Now he's the firstborn among many brethren. Verse, Verse 30. For moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified. Do you see your purpose and plan here? God has it all worked out. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? Since he's done all of that, and he says he's justified us and he's glorified us. Well, what, is glor- what does that mean to be glorified? That means that's talking about this body receiving a new body. A, a body that never wears out. And so in God's mind, it's all finished. It's all done. He, saw you, he justified you, and he already, he already glorified you. It's finished. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, that's how on your side he is. He saved you all the way to heaven, all the way to spirit, soul, and body salvation. It's done for him. Since, look at it, if God is for you, who can be against you? It does, what, it, what it means is it doesn't matter who's against you because God's on your side. Don't ever be fooled to think that God has something against you, that God is angry with you. That is nothing but a lie, lie, lie. All right? This is your reality. See, God got over his anger when he poured out his wrath on his son. What was the point of Jesus being here? So that he would not only pronounce the judgment on sin, but he would carry the sentence out in himself. So that you would be free from judgment, so that you would be free from the wrath of God. He's never angry with you, never will be. So you need to understand that he is on your side. Say that God is on my side. You see? So now he's eager to get into your life, to get into your situation, to show himself strong on your behalf. And if you'll determine to be like our great father of faith, Abraham, who was fully persuaded, he did not waver at the promise of God. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Come to that place where you're fully persuaded. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how I, I don't care what I'm feeling right now or what my own senses are telling me. I am convinced of one thing, and that is God's word is true, his promise is true, and God will keep his promise. And even when I am faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. What then shall we say to these things? God is on my side. That's what we're supposed to say. Verse 32, this is the last one. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. You know, you know what the all means? It means you're in there too. Delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely? Say freely. freely. Okay, you can't earn, that means you can't earn it. You can't earn free stuff. Freely give us all things. Well, how do you, what, what do you do then? What do you do? You receive it. That's what you do to a gift. You receive it. You receive it by faith. 
Thank you, Lord. Because Jesus already did every performance that you couldn't to come into our, to a right relationship with God so that you could freely receive from Him. This is, this is meeting God on His terms. You want to meet Him on His terms? You want to please Him? You want to have heaven as your home someday? Then you're going to have to believe Him. And that's it. He will not allow you to trust in your own works. He will not allow you to trust in your own performance and, and all your good stuff. That, no, 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 no that ain't, that's not it. You trust Jesus. That's it. You put your faith in Him. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes on Him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's good news. That's very good news. Thank you, Lord, for this time together with these precious people. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in the lives of every individual here. Because you who began that good work, you will be faithful to complete it. And I, Lord, I understand today that there are some here today who are in trouble, Lord. They need your help. They need some things turned around. They need things fixed. They need answers. They need wisdom. And I thank you right now. Your word teaches that you are a very present help in time of trouble. So really, the truth is, we just need faith in God. Because you've proven yourself to us. You've proven to us that you're with us. By giving us your only son, the greatest measure of love anyone could ever show. You gave us your own son to die for our sins. And because of that love, God, you prove to us that we are in your favor. Not a favor that we can earn. It's undeserved. It's unmerited. It is a favor that is simply received by faith. Help us, Lord, to not complicate the matter, but to simply meet you on your terms. That it's by grace that we are saved through faith. So, Father, I thank you for helping these in need today. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you for restoring. Thank you for providing. Lord, you are a good, good God. And you know what we have need of even before we ask it. But you said if you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you'll knock, the door will be open to you. Receive today the goodness of the Lord. Receive his goodness. Welcome him into your situation. And say, Lord, I'm, 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 I'm not bearing this burden anymore. I'm resting in you. I'm fully trusting. I'm fully resting in you. You got this. Thank you in Jesus' name. Because here's the thing. He will always, always lead you in triumph. And he always gives you the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.